you know, this is kind of my baby, this conference. <laughs> but I gave my baby up to Barb, and the two of them have done amazing things. So I'm an example of why you should step down sometimes <laughs> from what you're doing. So um, my name is Carol, and I'm a re- grateful recovering Al-Anon. I'm going to give you a little disclaimer because I am doing a spiritual lead, so I'm kind of fashioning it after we do our leads. How my higher power, whom I call God, was before I came in here, how it was and is when I got here, and how it is today. And um, I'm just going to tell you there may be tears, but let's not all be soppy and sad, okay? Because the tears that I have today... Um, yeah, they're emotional, they're sentimental, but um, they're some tears of happiness that I've recovered and I'm recovering still, and uh, that I'm standing here today a healthier person. So some of these things are very sensitive, obviously, that I'm going to share, but I think they're important for me to share with you. I had an interesting thing happen at a meeting about four weeks ago. A gentleman came into our meeting. And um, it was a funny thing because all the years I've been in Al-Anon, we've never, you know, little children just don't come. And we're in a room that's a Sunday school room. And our person who was leading forgot. I said, oh, I'll chair. No problem. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? And this, I don't know which came first, but the, the guy walked in with two young children. And everybody looked at everybody and, but... They went back into the back where the little kids did their thing. Don't you know another woman walked in with two young children? And when we're talking like five, six, maybe the oldest one was eight or nine. So I thought, oh, well, what am I going to do? And I opened up the book, The um, Courage to Change, in the back, and it's, I thought, oh, that's what our topical beat was, belong. So that's what we did. But the interesting thing about this gentleman is um, he opened my eyes to a sensitivity that perhaps I sometimes forget, and so I'm going to share it with you. He very nicely, um, he had been there, listened and taken it all in, and he's come back. But uh, when we were sharing comments, he said, "Um, I just want to say that I don't believe in God. And Al-Anon can be kind of scary. And um, I know, I know, he said, the God of our enders. They don't say that much anymore. Sometimes, and there's, but he'd gotten help. He'd been to a couple other meetings, and he was willing to take what he liked and left the rest. So I want to say to you, (laughs) I went up to him the next week, and I said, I want to thank you. Because um, I'm given a spiritual lead, and I said, you have helped me to remember to be more sensitive. And um, so um, I want to be sensitive to all of you, because this is my story. And uh, it's my higher power, who I'm, I call God, and um, so um, it's a spiritual lead. So... <laughs> And so and I invite you to take what you like and leave the rest. 
because that is what this program is about. You don't have to believe what I believe. Um, but I just want to share it with you, so if there's anything you can take, I'm certainly willing to give it to you. I don't have an original thought. Everything I have about Al-Anon has been given to me. You know, and people say, well, you're wise. <laughs> wise. But maybe I am, but I didn't get that by myself. It was my higher power and all of the people. And many people who come and have a hard, difficult time with this higher power thing, the group's their higher power. And for me, it's always been that, too. And so um, um, all the things I'm sharing have made me stronger. So as I say, I, I, there's several things. I've kind of had a rough couple years, but I've grown. I'm a stronger person. So I grew up believing there was a God. I never questioned it. You just believed in God. Where I grew up, you went to the Methodist Church, and you believed in God. And I didn't have any pressure about that. Just was God. You said your prayers at night, and you had your manners, and you did good. And nobody ever said to me that it was bad, that I, bad that God would be angry at me. So I never had a bad feeling about it. But um, I did grow up in an alcoholic home, um, not a terrible one. My mother, I always say, when she was good, she was very, very good. I quote her all the time. And when it was bad, it was pretty bad for a kid. My dad drank a lot. He never claimed alcoholism. Well, neither did my mother either. She went to the program three times, and she didn't make it. Okay? So um, this program uh, has had a big effect on that relationship, you know. So, um, but I, when I, as I was growing up, I thought, well, what, now this God thing that I, you know, I know there's a God I say every night. Thank you, God. So why isn't he fixing this? You know? Um, so I started to question, you know, um, I mean, he made the whole universe. So I thought, um, so shouldn't he be doing something? And so, as I say, I've been in Al-Anon a long time. I got this way here, here. (laughs) Um, and so I'm going to fast forward. We're going to do some fast forwards because you don't want to hear all the in-betweens because you know what? Our stories are so much the same in a lot of ways. And so, um... We're going to fast forward till I got married. I got married to a guy, Art, and I was just turning 19, and he was 19. And our common bond, he had been raised in an alcoholic home. So our common bond, no alcohol. We had it down. We were going to, you know, we never kind of talked like riding off into the sunset. We didn't talk about anything. How many children? They talk about everything today. You know, how many children, when they're going to buy a house. We just let it happen. You got married and you had babies. Um, And it wasn't bad. I know that, you know, our our women liberal people, but it it was good for its time, you know. And so, um, anyhow, that was our common bond. No alcohol. So my husband was a chef. And um, so the Christmas after we were married, uh, we were married in September, um, he had had, obviously, Christmas was a big time. His family had a big restaurant in Cleveland. 
And they said, oh, now you're married. Have a drink, you know. You need to have it. No, he refused and he refused. But his dad drank uh, whiskey. So finally they said, you know, once you're married, you're a man. And, well, that, he bought right into that. And so he said, what's that white stuff? Because he wasn't going to drink anything brown. <laughs> that was going to save him from being an alcoholic. And so he had gin. And, boy, he kind of liked the way I guess he made him feel. Because by the time he got home, he was feeling really good. <laughs> so here's the man who took his first drink after our commitment to never have alcohol in our home. I felt duped. Not so duped then because I thought I could fix him. Well, we'll take care of this in short order. <laughs> and I was his sisters. They all came at crazy hours. I came from a nine-to-five family, but our family had this restaurant, and you know they showed up at ten and eleven, and uh, I got used to that. That was okay. I worked, and but his sisters came. Where's Artie? I said, Well, I'll show you where Artie is. <laughs> so we lived in the upstairs of a two-story. And you kind of could walk in the kitchen by two doors. So I walked out of the dining room into the door. There was two bedrooms and a bath. I marched him around, and I said, there's Artie. (laughs) Artie was sleeping. I don't know that he was passed out, but he was damn tired. And they said, oh, he just worked so hard. I said, no. There's, uh, I don't know what he was drinking, but they talked him into, you know, and that's never going to happen again. <laughs> so, but I was, I, I was angry, um, very angry. I couldn't believe that I would spend another, you know, that he would do this to me. So, um, we were married three years before we had our first child. And um, so I'm going to fast forward you through 17 years <laughs> because you don't need to know all that stuff. But let me tell you what, alcohol was very, very present in all of those years. So all of the leads and stories we've heard, they're part of mine. So um, my children, um, so I'm going to let you know how old I am. My children were 10 and 13. Kathleen will be 59 in December, and David is 61. How can that be? (laughs) I was just that age. And um, Kathleen did go to Alateen. She thinks she got everything there, and she got the rest by osmosis. I've told her. And she's a real proponent of the program, and I give her books. And then she says, Mom... I need one of those books. I said, what'd you do with it? Well, she gave it away. She has a a hair shop, and I think I'm going to, I'm supposed to call her a hairdresser, stylist, not not a beautician anymore. That's a no-no. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't say that around one of them. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I forget still. So dad was drinking. And David, at 13, what was... And David had long hair That's when long hair wasn't a thing. Now, he still has it, but he pulls it back, and I think he keeps it just to irritate me. But, <laughs> you know, and I tell him, he's, I said, you're going to lose your hair, because <laughs> he's got a receding hairline now, and pulling it back is not helping. But it, what, am I, who, what do I know, you know? 
So at any rate, he was messing around with marijuana and uh, stuff. I didn't even know what marijuana was. I never smelled it. And, um, uh, but uh, we ultimately found out. And, uh, and other drugs. I don't think he ever... But he got into drugs. So now the neighbor across the street, you know, hearts drinking, and they come over, and there's a wonderful program in Cleveland, and we should go and support our son and get... I thought, oh, man, I got this guy over here. We're trying to get him into AA. I, I can't do both of these things. So anyhow, um, Art did um, uh, call AA. And um, that's back when they came to your house, and they came in two guys. And so these two guys came, and I remember they wanted to know how many... Um, drinks Art had every day. Oh, well, he said a couple, and they said, it, like a nice tea glasses, maybe? <laughs> and he thought, oh, these guys got my number. But anyhow, um, they mentioned Al-Anon, and interestingly enough, when I was a kid, um, we didn't get a TV till I was 10, but there was a black and white ad that said, if there's a problem of drinking in your home, call this number. Well, I was a kid. I would never have done that. That would have been disloyal. I thought they might put me out for adoption. I mean, and, uh, and, and like one of the other people here said, I knew I was loved. I never didn't know I was loved. And so um, my mother would have these bouts of sleeping uh, like for a week and creeping around at night, and then she'd be great, you know, and bacon pies and ironing your clothes. And, so anyhow, boy, my ears perked up. I thought, I really didn't want to go there, but I was so desperate. I mean, 17 years of this, and it gotten worse, and every day he wasn't going to drink, and he brought me flowers, because after he got sober, I, he told me he meant not to drink when, in the, when he said it. And he'd bring me those flowers. Man, I dumped those things in the trash right quick. He didn't bring me many flowers, even, yeah, but um, after he got sober. So um, I went to Al-Anon, and um, Art went to AA to get me off his back. (laughs) He didn't go because he wanted to go, and he thought if he could just shut my mouth. (laughs) I think that's what he thought. I don't know. Um, So... um, I went to my first Al-Anon meeting. He went to his AA meeting. And um, I didn't want to be there. And, you know, styrofoam cups weren't in back then. And I ended up in a church basement drinking coffee out of a styrofoam cup. Well, you know, I do have a little snob that lives up here. She's, she's better now. She didn't come out too often. I thought, how did I end up in a church basement drinking out of a styrofoam cup (laughs) and so my attitude wasn't you know uh, exactly supreme so anyhow um, but um, there was a a sign on the wall or a poster or something and so I I don't know maybe I listened maybe I didn't I don't remember anything but that sign I'm a very practical person and it said, if you do what you've always done, you get what you always got. I thought, 
And I did in my head. I wasn't going to tell anybody. But I thought, wow. Because I've been doing the same thing, so maybe there's another route around this thing to get him sober. So I didn't take it, you know. But that's what kept me. And that, so I kept coming back. And everybody was so nice. How could you not like Al-Anon if you keep coming back, you know? I mean, uh, I was waiting for something that I didn't like, but it never happened. So I came back again and again and again. And that's why I'm standing here today. So this God of my misunderstanding, (laughs) he was there with me, I'm sure of it. I'm sure as I'm standing here. And so it really, even he made it easy peasy to get a sponsor. I got, I think I have the best sponsor. Everybody thinks they have the best one, but I had a, she was wonderful. And her husband, we we ended up becoming good friends. That doesn't always happen. And um, I was in, I belonged, you know. And Art was going sporadically to meetings. Now he worked six days a week his entire life. And um, so, um, and there was resistance, um, but the thing was, I could see in these people that they weren't like this all the time. And um, so I knew they had something, and I had all the traits. Oh, boy. Controlling, judgmental, righteous, um, couldn't keep my mouth shut. That was a biggie. Um, I was a right fighter, and so I didn't give it up very well. And that was a big thing Al-Anon told me, that that was huge in my walk in recovery, was to step back and not buy into that, you know? And, uh, or those things about, well, maybe you're right, or, you know. But, you know, I, I learned that I was such a part of this disease of alcoholism. And I never thought I had a part. So that pissed me off at first. And um, I thought, what do they mean? Um, uh, But those people saw in me an openness. They saw in me a willingness to learn. Um, And I did start to listen. And um, so I'm just so grateful And my sponsor said to me, don't be looking for your story. When you listen, you see what they might say that you could use in your life. And the other thing she told me, and I've never heard this before, and now I do it a little bit, she suggested I not underline things in my readers. The reason being that that's all I would ever see. And you wouldn't see the new things. Now, I I don't know whether that's true or not, but that's what I did. I can't help myself now. I do underline things because I can't remember anymore. (laughs) So, um, you know, I don't know that that's an Al-Anon thing. I'm just sharing with you what she... um... So at any rate, um, I couldn't have done the transformation that's happened in my life without this program. Um, I was working, had two kids, Art was home very little, I was really like a single mom. I mean, he was a good dad because he was sober when they saw him, most of the time. And um, so, um, 
I went to two meetings a week, um, and after the Tuesday night meeting, we went to Friendly's, and we had a meeting after the meeting. And today, I'm just, I'm not dishing on this, okay? I'm just sad. When I suggest to somebody after, oh, I'm sorry, I work work and I have a child. Well, I made sure I had everything, because the people in these rooms suggested this. When I said, well, I have to get up early, well, get everything prepared. So I did. I had all the kids' stuff prepared, my clothes, everything I had ready. And I knew I'd be tired the next day. So I prepared for that. And you know what? Those meetings after the meetings, oh my gosh. I I saw these people not just in a meeting. I saw these people in their, their, like, real life. So I couldn't go out and say, well, yeah, that's how they are in a meeting. No, they were in their real life. And they talked about things that you don't make a comment on, like, we'd be there and I'd say, oh, I got so angry with my husband the other day, and, you know, I was really trying, and then we talk about the Aladon tools, and, you know, oh, I didn't think of that one, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to use that. I, I just can't tell you how much I learned, and um, so, but that had its time, and I went to two meetings a week, um, and my God um, spoke through Alanon people. Now I am, um, I'm a uh, Alanon committed, and I'm a church girl, and I believe in the Lord, and I do Scripture, but our it says we're for here for one purpose, one purpose, and I can have that. That's okay. I do not bring that to the meetings. Now, I can't not take Al-Anon because I am Al-Anon. I'm a big Al-Anon, A-L-A-N-O-N. That's me. So um, in my Bible study and stuff, I can't help it. It's just who I am, you know, and that's okay. And, but the thing about this anonymity is I'm very, I'm not anonymous, but that's because I choose to. Even this many years later, I don't want anyone else giving up my anonymity. That is my personal choice. And so I hold that anonymity thing really dear. And the other thing, when I first came, one of the, after when we were doing the meeting, you know, what you see here when you get here, leave it here, and this woman, probably my age now, said, and honey, that means no pillow talk. And, you know, I needed to hear that because you just share things at home and think that's not part of anonymity. It is. You know, and to this day, when us girls get, I don't, you know, um, of course, as I'll tell you, I don't have anybody to share it with anymore. So I still go to two meetings. um, um, And um, one is my Thursday night home group in North Canton, Hope for the Families, and then I go to this Zoom meeting you've heard about, and um, I will take some credit for starting that. And here's the reason I did it. I I, I mean, I want to say it was always for all you guys. Okay. It was selfish. I've been in Al-Anon so long, people have come through my life, and all of a sudden they're not there because they can't get to a meeting, and they can't 
And I realized the hybrid, someone just shared, said, oh, our meeting does great hybrids. Well, that's okay. But have you ever been on the other end of a hybrid? Where it's your meeting, and you can't get there, and you're on Zoom. I, I mean, I've been in that meeting as long as it exists. I know every one of those people. I didn't feel a part of the meeting. They didn't ignore me. They said, Carol, we're glad to have you. And but when the all-Zoom meeting, we're a meeting. We're all on Zoom. And people kind of laugh, but I'll never have to give up Al-Anon, ever. I will always have it. And I won't have to be sitting on the outside looking at my friends. I probably will do that, too. Uh, of course, I'm not d- knocking that, okay? But this Zoom-only meeting has been a wonderful thing. Now, WSO has um, electronic meetings, okay? But this is a Zoom meeting, and they're now World Service allowing them to be registered. We had to start before they were re- allowed. They told us to go ahead because to get the paperwork, to get it all organized. To, so we're in District 48. We're a meeting that happens there, okay? And um, so I still, I go to two meetings. Um, I go to my Zoom meeting. And um, so Art was kind of an AA. Um, and I say kind of. Because, and I was not happy about that because I was an Alan and I was committed and it was a little embarrassing. You know, my friends, their husbands were going all the time. Well, Art did work six days a week, six nights a week. Um, I, I'll give him that, you know. So, um, but it was none of my business. Um, I was my business. I had never been my business. That was a new thought. Huh. Take care of me? Well, how are they going to get along? And they'll do stupid shit. I know it. And, you know, they'll dress funny and say dumb things. And so, um, but I believed it. Everybody, and they seemed to be doing well, and I wasn't. So that was a clue right there. So the kids grew up. Dad went back to drinking after four years. Um, now, if I hadn't had Alan on, but I handled a pretty darn good guys. I wasn't happy, but I used my tools and um, about eight months, he went to AA for himself. And um, Art passed away in 2021, and he had 44 years of sobriety. We had 62 years of marriage. But I'm going to share with you um, something I've never shared in the talk, uh, because it's really painful, but it has a beautiful ending. Um, so after 30 years, Art and I were divorced. And, um, I believe that the God of my understanding, um, was again right there. And I'd begun to trust this God. Um, and as I say, I'm a church person. And so, um, my terminology is a little different there. And, and, um, I, you know, I do read scripture, I do that kind of thing, but that's that life. Um, but they have to put up with Ellen, and I think that's fun. <laughs> Anyhow, <clears throat> and we did remarry, and a year and a half later, neither of us had anybody else. I think it was a wake-up call, but it was the disease of alcoholism. 
and people thought, and I remember a woman two years ago, she would, um, she said to me, because I said, if he'd just get sober, she said, oh, honey, he's still going to do stupid stuff. <laughs> and I thought, that's right. I mean, getting sober doesn't, you know, it doesn't save marriages. It saves people. If you can save marriages, that's great, but sometimes that can't happen. And, and that's okay. Everybody has to make their own decision. So, but I do believe God was right there, and he was our wake-up call. And um, we, um, we just got lost. I count all 62 years. It, in this September, it was 64, um, because that year and a half was the toughest year and a half of that whole marriage. Um, as I say, neither of us had anybody else, and our relationship with God was apparent and obvious to both of us. And um, so we remarried. And I had people in the program who said, and they didn't mean it mean, but I thought, this is why you stay. They said, oh, if it can happen to Carol. Well, see, 30 years in, I'm just like you or the person who came the first day or you've been here for years. And, um, and people say, oh, yeah, she's just saying that. No, I'm not. It's true. Um, in 2020, Art was still with me. Um, I was diagnosed with liver cancer. Now, you'll get a kick out of this, but some people can't get a laugh out of it, so try, okay? <laughs> I have, now I have cancer, but I have non-alcoholic liver disease. <laughs> now you imagine, I have alcohol. Yeah, it's a thing. Actually, it was just uh, noted or recognized in 1980, and I was 40 years old by then, and people who went to the doctor and this was diagnosed didn't believe them. They thought they, they're drinking. Imagine. There are more non-alcoholic liver disease than alcoholic liver disease now. The way we eat, all of those kinds of things. But imagine me picking up the phone. The doctor called. to I'd had a biopsy. and Well, you have non-alcoholic. Well, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. <laughs> I mean, I have alcoholics up the wazoo. <laughs> None of them have liver disease. <laughs> I find that humorous. <laughs> Not the cancer, of course, but I thought, talk about, I could have really turned on God. But I thought, you know, so I really used Al-Anon. Look at the bright side. I mean, it was just kind of a humorous thing. So I had an ablation at University Hospital in June of that year, 2020, and I came home, and about 10 days later, I'm not really sure about that, but it was really quick, wasn't it? And my husband had a massive stroke. And um, he had a, um, brain, a clot in his brain. And it was COVID. And so got him to the hospital, and of course, I couldn't see him. I, my daughter finally practically got down on her knees. She said, my mother will be just crazy if you don't let him see him. And the doctor said to the nurse, a couple minutes. And so I did get to go in. But when I left, I had to go home. Even if I had gone to the hospital, they said the only way they would communicate with me 
was um, by phone. And he was life-flighted to Akron General Hospital. And so I left that hospital, and I couldn't go to Akron General. I had to go home. It was tough. It was very tough. And um, so um, he, the, the, he was called, a lot of these things I'd never heard of, you know, non-alcoholic liver disease. Now it's an intervention specialist. I thought, they said, an intervention specialist will be waiting for. So um, the intervention specialist called me. I was home, of course. And he said, Carol, I'm Dr. Ahmed, and I'm taking care of Arthur. And, of course, I'm crying. He said, now, you know, um, we're going to go in there, and we're going to try. They go in with, like, a little uh, basket. And, you know, but this is serious, you know. Touch and go, we we don't know. And, um, but his words, I want to share with you parting words, how God, I don't know what this man's beliefs are or not. But he said, Carol, now I know it's tough being home and not being able to be here, but I'm Art's family now. Okay? You just keep that in your mind, and we'll be in touch, and we're not going to leave you out. Okay? I thought, oh, do you know what that did for me? Oh, my goodness. And I was just so touched. And at that point in my life, I, I had this, I had trust now in God. I trusted God. So I went from, yeah, God, I believe in God. But Al-Anon, when I talk about church and everything, the reason, as I say, I honor this, but it's Al-Anon that brought me to where I am in in this other part of my life, which ends up being all mushed together, except in the rooms. And um, so that night, every half hour, he did, I said, when are you going to do it? Well, he's arriving now. We're going to do it right now. And I'll call you. So he did, of course, and he said, we're not out of the woods. And um, so he was totally, of course, unresponsive and so forth. And... um, so um, his nurse, um, that's why I'll never dish Zoom or FaceTime, FaceTimed the kids and I about every half hour or 30 minutes. And so he was nothing. He was a rag doll. And the first time we saw him, he was a rag doll. And the next time, he, he kind of had his head up. And the nurse said, Carol's here. And I felt so bad because I thought he'd think I wasn't there because I abandoned him. And I kept saying, I'd be there if I could. And, you know, and the kids were saying, Dad, we love you. And then the next half hour, she said, show, show them how you can raise your right arm. So we got to watch him come out of this, still in the woods, but come out of this. What wonderful people. Am I so grateful? I mean, that nurse, I felt like she was family. And so um, he came home. He did recover. And um, so uh, we were thrilled. Oh, my gosh, he recovered. But there was some cognitive damage. Well, he didn't want to admit it. 
I thought maybe I was crazy. I, you know, maybe it wasn't happening. And I, I didn't want to believe it. Um, and so I just didn't know how to live this new life of ours. And um, so, but my trust and relationship in God, man, I thought, this is, this is going to be okay. Look where we've come. And I wanted to honor that God. I wanted to, and, and to praise him and to thank him. And uh, I'd never wanted to do that before, you know. Um, and so it provided me with such a sense of peace. But there was fear reared its ugly head, you know. I didn't just say, oh, I have Al-Anon. I use the tools. <laughs> no, you know. But I had Al-Anon in my heart, in my very being. And so I was so blessed by the support that I had. Um, my friends who are, you're all my friends, but I've got these long-time friends. <laughs> and um, uh, they've just supported me through, through everything, and as we all do for each other. And my group. Um, so we were grateful for the miraculous recovery. Um, but, you know, I, I just in this whole time got a new understanding of this God of mine, this higher power. For so much of my life, it was a one-way street with God and me, me asking, you know, not understanding why I allowed things to happen in my life. But I learned to trust, to listen, and to understand what he wanted me to do. Um, so I did totally trust him. Now, that doesn't take the fear away or the anxiety totally. You know, it's, it's not a miracle thing, but it's just a feeling. So I can't explain it. It's just, um, I just know he's with me all the time. It's just a wonderful feeling. And, um, and I'm not crazy about his choices all the time. But, um, so... Um, and but I knew I had grown through all these experiences. I, just, I saw a stronger Carol, and um, my friends encouraged me. They saw a stronger Carol, and um, so Art passed away. He went home to be with our Lord, as I would say, um, about a year later, of massive lung cancer. It was a surprise, for sure. He had COPD. Uh, We thought he had pneumonia. Um, But I want to tell you, um, his last week of life, he had a CT on Friday, and, oh, that was just a massive mess, trying to, because they kept saying it was the COPD, and, and... on Monday, they called and said, you know, you need to get him in here. By Sunday, Art was gone. So we got him in there on Monday, and um, uh, what a week. It was sad. It was beautiful. Um, and there was a mass. They didn't declare it was cancer. Actually, they didn't declare cancer until Thursday. But there was a mass, and because we had a cardiac people in there, too, and they did a, um, what they do to get the fluid out? Oh, I can't think of the name of that thing. They needed to get fluid out from around, um, I guess I'm just too nervous. And uh, they were going to test that fluid to see if they could determine the kind of cancer. 
and we almost lost him that night. I got home, I was in the driveway, the doctor called me, I ran back because when they did that, and then I guess his heart, um, they took all that fluid away, his heart went wacko, and, but they got him back. And it was COVID, but um, of course I could see him in the ICU at that point. And the kids, they alternated. And um, I begged if I could stay with him. And I said, you, you want me? Oh, yeah, he wanted me to stay. He was alert. And uh, when I, as I end this thing, I'll tell you how alert he was. And so that head nurse came in. She said, now, sweetie, don't you worry about a thing. You got anybody? Do you have medications and stuff? Because you got to take care. They gave me that spiel about how to take care of me. But it wasn't a spiel. It was a good thing. And uh, so uh, they said, yeah. We'll bring you a pillow and stuff, and you, can, you can't stay every night, but yet you can stay. So I was right there by him. I want to tell you, we laughed. <coughs> we cried. We had to face what we knew was going to be bad. And um, we talked about the good things and the bad things, and I said to him at one point, I said, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, you, you get a 9. But I said, man, this tenth one was really a bitch to deal with. <laughs> and he said, always oh, had to one-up me. Well, he said, I might have had two. And because that year wasn't an easy year for either of us. And so um, he, um, he was alert. And the doctor had said to me early in the week, he called me and wanted to talk to me out in the now, this is how Al-Anon, people say, oh, I had to work my own. No, Al-Anon was with me. I got out, and the doctor said, I want to talk to you about, I said, no, stop right there. I knew I wasn't in control. I knew that it was his life, and I said, no, no. We're going to talk together. Everything we do is going to be together. And uh, now I'm not saying after we remarried everything was all hunky dory, just in case you thought it was. We didn't hold hands every day, you know. And we, we were a regular married couple, you know, ups and downs. And so, um, at any rate, um, the news was bad massive cancer. And um, the kids. They finally allowed both kids to come when they wanted to. This was the last two days. And my kids were so respectful because they would say, we, we want you and Dad to have time. We don't want to be there the whole time. And so um, at any rate, um, Dr. Kim came in on Sunday morning. He said, well, Art, you know what? He said, I think we're going to have to leave this up to God said, I think we've done all we can. And he said, um, so I can make you comfortable. And because they were still treating him for the pneumonia and stuff. And he was on this massive um, breathing. And we'll take you off that, and, but we can give you stuff to make you comfortable. So, you, you know, but um, I know you and Carol have said that you're going to make this decision. So I'm here all day. And Art asked him some questions and said, well, so if I decide to have, oh, he said, you just tell the nurse, Kim. She'll come in and she'll give you some shots. They'll unhook everything. 
And so after Dr. Kim left, um, he said, oh, I got to tell you a few things. Now that Chase account, you need to check. And so I said, I better get a pad. I still have this list. And he said, um, and tires, you need four new tires. And I rotated them last time. So he said, you need all four. And don't be driving in the bad weather, kids. I don't want her out in the bad snow. And um, the furnace people, you know, they come. I have that routine. They come air for, I knew knew that. So I'm writing all this. uh, Do you have all of this? And my son's there, and he goes, and David, my son was, my husband was a fantasy football thing. He had two of them, and he had a family one. Who's going to be the commissioner? Because he was commissioner. <laughs> he said, David said, Dad, I don't really want to be the commissioner. Well, Michael, our nephew. Michael, will be, I'm sure he'll do it. But make sure it's done. And I have a $35 check up on my desk. Someone's already paid. So you make sure who's ever the commissioner gets that. I mean, I'm telling you, this was around 11 o'clock. Dr. Kim had left, so I'm writing all this stuff down. And, you know, I kind of wanted to be hold his hand and do that kind of stuff that you do. And so I said, is that it? Well, he'd, yeah, he thought that would cover it. I forget what else was on the list. So the kids had come, and they hugged him and talked. My son had said to Dr. Kim, do you think it could be today? And Dr. Kim, mm-hmm, he thought. So Art said, um, uh after we'd done all this talking and everything, and we had our last little time together, he said, "Um, go get the nurse. I'm ready. What a gift this man gave us. What a gift. So you can see why I can say it was so beautiful, too. I mean, it's almost unbelievable, but I'm telling you, this is the truth. And um, so I said, so I, I, yeah, just go get her. He said, I'm ready. So she came in, and she, he said, Dr. Kim said he had all the order in. And um, she said, oh, okay, Art. And she, they started to come in and unhook and undo him and put the other mask on. And she had a couple shots for him, so she came in. She said, no, Art, I'm going to give you a couple shots. So she gave him the first. She said, this is going to make you comfortable. So she gave him the first one. I mean, and um, how are you doing, Art? I'm doing good. Gave him the second one, and I kid you not, two breaths later, he was gone. (sighs) Now, the doctor, it takes time for them to come in because I don't know how many minutes it is after, but he was gone. And, you know, I... I hear about people and they have to stay, you know, in the room and they can't leave. I could leave. He was gone. He went home to be with the Lord. And um, so it was a beautiful time. Am I so sad he's not here? Yes. Um, So um, I struggled with regrets. Big time. Had flashbacks. Terrible. Because I wanted him to be strong. And see, that's my Al-Anon program. I lost their control, kind of crept back in. I just wanted him to get better. And so I fussed at him. And, I'm, and so I, how important was it? 
And so it was a really difficult time. And very shortly after, my good Al-Anon friends, oh, I have to tell you that an angel who knew Art well bought my four, his four tires for him. <laughs> that angel just dropped down and said, that's what... I mean, who buys you four two tires? And good tires. I mean, they weren't retreads, I want to tell you. So, um, anyhow, I, you know... Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not using that one. I'm sorry if I'm going... I, I did this at home and it wasn't over. Um, but anyway, I was able to walk out of the room... Um, and know where he went. What a peaceful feeling. And so um, in April, I was diagnosed with a reoccurrence of liver cancer. I still have that ugly, non-fatty liver. Don't you think they ought to get a better name for that? Yeah, I've suggested that to my my liver doctor, and he said he's working on it. So I had come almost two years, and I went, I had my MRIs every three months, four months, CT or MRI, and, um, and this time it was back, and in also in a second site, and in also in, you know, and so um, I was shocked, and I lost it, and, um, but getting through Art's death, the one thing that saved me, and this is Al-Anon, I mean, it might not sound exactly like Al-Anon, but you'll get it, (laughs) Um, God took Art, he did not take me, and what a slap in God's face if I were not to take care of the gift of my own life, it has gotten me through. But Al-Anon taught me that I was a gift. And so, um, anyhow, um, so there was a lot of mishmush about what they could do, surgery, whatever, and I, my liver isn't healthy, and I've heard that a million times. I want to say I know already my liver is not healthy. But in this program, um, I have a wonderful friend who had just retired, um, sitting right here, from, uh, t- she was teaching radiation therapy it can she said if you're going to a radiologist I'm going with you and I said for sure what just makes me cry thinking about it how many friends she came with in fact some of her students treated me yeah she told me I had to ask every one of them where do you go to school and so she came and she knew all the right questions to ask because uh, everything else was off the table but there's this wonderful newer uh, uh, radiation therapy that's uh, not the conventional. Um, it's five days. It's intense. Trust me. Um, it's very intense. Everybody has five days. You don't have more than five days. Um, and I was going to have that, and Vicki listened. And there was also th- something about putting beads in and doing other stuff. She understood all that. But at the end... To have this kind of security, my daughter was there, and that they had been willing for me to see other people, and I looked at Kathleen, and I looked at Vicki, and I said, I, I want to do this. And Vicki said, oh, yeah, it's a go. <clears throat> what confirmation? 
I was just so thrilled. I wasn't thrilled with the treatments, but <laughs> I was thrilled with Vicki. And um, so anyhow, I had the five days of intense therapy, and I won't bore you with that. And, um, but it wouldn't have been available. I go to University Hospital, and I had to wait three months before they could see a clear picture. So I had a little idea of a Pac-Man in there going, you know. <laughs> well, tomorrow, I'm having that MRI. And on Tuesday, I will see my oncologist. And we'll see if I'm in remission. And I'm feeling pretty good about it myself. But if it's not that answer, we'll cross that bridge, okay? And um, so, um, and these last three months I've really lived. This weekend, I've lived. I haven't thought about that. You know, I've tried. Somebody said, keep I think you said keep your head and your feet. Well, I've had my head and feet. They've been good. And I thought, I like that. I think I've had my head where my feet are. And um, so um, I've been very present in my life. Someone else shared that in the panel. And, um, yeah, I feel anxious and fear. I mean, that would be silly to tell you I didn't because I wouldn't be telling you the truth. But I'm not paralyzed I used to be paralyzed a lot. So I just want to thank you for listening, and um, I want you to remember that this was my story, because whatever your story is, it's your story. And, and you have a right to have that. And whatever your higher power is, it's yours. So we have a common bond, alcoholism, but each of us have our own story. So thank you so much for listening, and this support for me heading into a couple kind of nervous days has been wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs>